podcast. I'm here with Future First, Zach. And so you're going to have to say your last name because it's a toughie. Yeah, uh, Zachary Divalbis. I go by Zach, uh, owner of Future First Criminal Law. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to tell you a story, and then I'm going to divulge why I sought you out. Mm-hmm. Because we're competitors. Yep. Um, you compete against the Arizona firm. I manage the Arizona firm. And so, but I really like what I saw, what you're messaging out that you're throwing out in the universe. And I really like the way you're going about your business and, and that you're helping folks. I, I did. And so I had to just, you know what, I'm going to talk to this guy. I want to, I want to see what makes him tick. How did he come to what took me forever to come to so quickly? So a lot of years ago, Maria was her name. And so it's general enough, but that was really her name. And she had, this is a case that you're going to probably recognize because you've seen it personally a handful of times at least. Um, She had had a uh, DUI and she was struggling getting her license back uh, because of the amount of DUIs that she had gotten. And anyway, there was physical abuse in the home. She grabbed husband's keys. She had relapsed that night, so that's shocker, I know, right? She had relapsed that night during the fight or before it, probably, and she had put a lot of effort in to be sober for quite a long period of time, so there's probably a little bit of emotional guilt going on, so on and so forth. She and husband uh, get into it. She grabs husband's keys, drives to the casino, continues her drinking, drives back and gets her third DUI, which is an aggravated DUI, a felony DUI. Rings the bell. Yeah, I, I would assume that that would... Uh, Rings the bell. Yeah, that's not a fact pattern that's too terribly... No, very, very general. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you've seen that case before. Uh-huh. This is many years ago, so we're during our Pio's administration, uh-huh. and they're, they've loosened a little recently, recently. You know all about that. But it's still pretty rough. Uh, getting a felony DUI, and and she says to me, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? I did all this work for so many years to be sober. I'll continue that. I want to continue that. What more can I do? What more can I do? What more can I do? She would call tastefully. She's a great client. Mm-hmm. So every couple of weeks, what more can I do? And back then, two and a half years was the pinch period, end of story. And she took two and a half years. There wasn't anything more she could have done to garnish more favor from that judge and from that prosecutor back then. Mm-hmm. That was what it was. I, we see different resolutions now, four months being a pretty good slap. Sometimes if they're really ticked at the person and there's some maybe a auto wreck and something involved eight two and a half man that that was a punch in the gut for me yeah two and a half years default you know no questions asked yep. you could be the next zuckerberg they don't care yeah. you're going for two and a half years and that's what happened and it didn't matter what she did but it changed how i looked at things because it even though we got a crappy result in my opinion mm-hmm. As you just mentioned, it was, you know, bury it deep back then. 
um, even though that result sucked, I felt like we were on the offensive the whole entire time. And once she went in, once she knew, she knew very well that she was going in for two and a half years at some point. And she started looking for how do I continue my progress? How do I continue? And so I'm looking at other attorneys, social media, TikToks, um, YouTubes. What are folks doing out there? Um, what is their messaging? What is their message out to the universe? And I see future first. And I start, the, the name popped. And I thought, that, that can't be an accident. That name cannot be an accident. So I like to think we practice that way. Mm -hmm. But to see that name beautifully, just future first, I'm like, I'm kind of jealous, A, of the name. It's awesome. <laughs> and B, I liked the messaging. So how did you come to that? Where, where did you come to future first? Yeah, I, um, so I, I graduated law school right at, at a young age, so 26. I think I was the youngest person in my graduating class, top of my class. And, you know, I was going to plan on having this long stint with the public defenders. And they, um, they pulled the rug out from under me, you know, unbeknownst to me. They said, yeah, Zach, we're going to hire you as an attorney, get your background and all that cleared through the state bar since you got to do that to become a lawyer. Right. Took a little longer based on my, my, my colorful history. Oh. So anyways, they pulled the rug out from under me and I said, all right, well, I still have this passion. I still want to help these people that are getting in trouble. And part of you know my passions, because people get in trouble for things that they don't always know or they make these five minute mistakes. And so I started my law firm and you know, wet behind the ears, you, you put in, you know, Divalbus Law Firm, you know, you, right. you just, you make the classic your last right. name. And I realized <laughs> fairly quickly, and I don't know why this didn't click sooner, but it was like, nobody can pronounce Divalbus. Right. You know, Divalbus, yeah. you know, and, and every judge is struggling with this. And so it's so funny because then I was, you know, I was talking to my, uh, I was in a business coaching program for law firms early on as well. And it was one of the early things that they were pushing to a lot of people. And Arizona allows for trade names. And most states don't when it right. comes to law firms. And right. so they said, look, you have a unique advantage here. You can create, you know, a, a brand that's not your name. One, because your name's difficult. But two, you know, that's the way the world's going. And, yeah. you know, you, you don't have the, the Ubers and, the you know, everything else. Like, that's not someone's name anymore. And sure, right. you'll find plenty of businesses that, you know, longstanding names, you know, right. the, the J.P. Morgan Chases of Dillard's the world. and Yeah, you know, and sure, stuff. Sure, there's going to be around. And, but, and yeah. you know, but I very early on learned that, like, wait, this isn't also an ego thing for me. I don't need to have my name on the firm. I don't need to have my name on the building. People aren't hiring me. They're hiring the law firm. And so early on, I said, you know, what am I trying to do with our clients? What are my clients really interested? What is my passion? And let's create the brand after something like that. And, you know, what, whatever it was on a Word document, I came up with, you know, dozens of things that were, you know, clever and catchy, you know, honest law firm and, you know, integrity law firm, you know, all these you yeah. know, simple, fun things. And then it really struck me once I said, you know, somebody reached out and was like, you know, it really seems like you're trying to protect people's futures, you know, and I'm like, well, yeah, duh, like. 
because we're in criminal defense. We, we try and you know, overlook some of these five minute mistakes and give them second chances and sometimes third chances and try and make sure that they still have a future and they're not punished for the rest of their life. And part of why I lost my job at the public defenders was because six years before that I had a DUI when I was 19 and right. I was like, I didn't think six years later this was going to have a problem. And so I really wanted to start protecting our futures. Right. And that's what we put first. And we, so we said, let's put our future first, criminal law, and, and let's see if it resonates with a lot of clients. Well, I, it really did. I, it did with me. And I, I really feel like the message is that's why I wanted to meet you. I wanted to. And so here we are. Because putting tomorrow's, putting the tomorrow's first in my opinion, not only is it a catchy, fun, okay, yeah, that makes sense mm -hmm. on a molecular level. That makes sense. Okay, all right. Future first, sure. sure. It's kind of like uh, if the Lord wants, uh, you know, type thing. However, if you really believe this, it puts you in a completely different posture, um, legally speaking, as well. Because they say, and whoever they are, they say that a great defense is a better offense. Uh -huh. And so future first to me on the legal side of things, when you look at it that way, it means you're taking the offensive. Uh -huh. You're capturing, you're capturing what we can do, even though there's all these rules that you're getting your clients through and all these, you know, hearings and procedures and whatever. It's big old chess match. Right. Yeah. And you're trying to find the best thing, the best solution um, given every circumstance um, in the meantime, one of the biggest wild cards, one of the biggest things that we have is client is, is client management, client communication, client development. Sometimes, I mean, call this a lot of different things too, but when the client engages with their own defense, when they engage there, man, that team just got a lot, a lot stronger. Absolutely. And so when I saw future first, I'm like, I like that. I like that a lot. And so what are some of the ways you put the tomorrows um, into the defense um, of your clients? Yeah. And it, and it really starts, in my opinion, so talking about the justice system as a whole, especially the Arizona justice system. People, you know, hear, you know, five minute clips, 20 minute clips, whether they're on the news, the radio, whatever it is, of, yeah. you know, hey, this person got out, you know, free. And then, uh, you know, but then they hear the other side of, well, this person, you know, the judge could have done this. And now they went and murdered three people. Right. There are some polar sides to the criminal justice world. And one of the things I recognized early on, though, is the common theme is every part of the justice system involves a human being. And that's the key. That's the key for us is we say, look, at every stage here, there's a human being, whether it starts with the police officer, then the case hands over to a prosecutor who supports that police officer. And then there's a judge. And every single one of these people have rules. And, and I bring the criminal law book here that shows this is prettier this is this is exactly i'm a big fan of blue but this is all the laws and this is small print and and it's impossible to know all this it is 100 impossible in law school they don't teach you the entire book 
Right. Um, or very little of it. Exactly. Right. Uh, it, they, they teach you how to learn and how to interpret these laws. And that's ultimately what we found very early is we said, look, instead of using the, the hard line of the law, instead of being like the best criminal defense lawyer who knows every single law in the book and, you know, we know every single, you know, loophole, let's start connecting with these prosecutors, with these judges, with these officers at more of a human level and letting them know, hey, we're not trying to one-up you. We're not trying to pull a wool over your eyes. We're not trying to, you know, make you have the head news story next week of you made something go wrong. And we're not trying to hide the ball. Classic law school term is they hide the ball from right. you. And we're not trying to do that with a lot of our clients. And so what we say and what we focus on, a lot of our, you know, ideal clients and the people we market to are people who, you know, especially when it comes to DUIs, it's not their first time drinking and driving. Right. It's the first time they got caught, though. Right. And so most of these times, these people are not like, hey, Zach, I need to get out of this 100%. You know, I'm not accepting anything. You know, fight the world for me. Most of the time, they're coming to us saying, hey, look, I've got a job. I've got a career on the line. You know, I'm in the middle of a nasty divorce and I could lose custody. I, hmm. you know, don't want to lose my secondary and post-secondary education that is going to further my career path. I would like to protect those things. And yes, I know I did it. And so when we kind of take all of this together and we go to these prosecutors and to these judges and we say, hey, look, we know this person did it. This person did it. You, the officer did everything right in this situation. The prosecutor's doing everything right. And the judge, by law, will do everything right. And we're asking, though, for a second chance. And we're asking, you know, in some situations for a third chance. Not that common, but, right. you know, it, it happens. And we're saying, look, this five-minute mistake here, while this law, this book says you must do this kind of punishment, we're asking for something different because of this human being who is now here in front of us. Right. And that's the hard part about prosecutors and judges. They're, they're usually not bad people in any way. Right. Um, even, you know, public defenders, you know, being at the public defender's office early on, they're really good lawyers. They're really good judges. They're just so busy. They, they right. see hundreds of people come in and go through their, their, their desk and the paperwork every single week. And so we try and say, look, we're not just another number we have a human being here, and here's some photos of their family. Here's some photos of their promotion that they got recently, and this is where they, you know, went to dinner and celebrated this. You know, here is, you know, obviously anything that shows that they will lose their job if this conviction goes through or if this punishment happens or whatever it may be. Right. And we really try and tell the story of each of our clients right. to get these prosecutors and judges to, to do something that's a little different. Have you found it have you found it interesting that the prosecutor and the judge, but let's focus on the prosecutor right now. Have you found it interesting when you simplify and you and you provide as early on as possible a, a, a I, I hesitate to use the word thumbnail, but a sketch of who your client is, what makes them different, what they have been doing since this all happened, and showing that remorse, showing that they are acting on that remorse, showing that they are um, working vigilantly in often cases um, really hard to achieve, let's say, sobriety mm -hmm. or to um, accomplish the classes that are mandatory that they need to take, but they haven't been told to take them yet. Or all of these, these positive steps that they take. And, oh, by the way, they have two kids. And, oh, by the way, they're in, you know, 
nursing school um, at night and so on and so forth. And you, you present that to them as early as you can in the case, um, making them, turning them from CR number 2023-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah to Jane Doe, yeah. to, to, to Maria, mm-hmm. to uh, that name. And do you find that effective? Absolutely, very effective. And, and it's in the same thread here that each of these, these packets, you know, they get, they get a file similar to something like this yeah. on their desk stacked by their paralegal, you know, up above their head. Right. And they've got to go through every single one. Well, they're not actually going through every single one. What they're doing, these prosecutors, for the, you know, to generalize, um, they're looking at what we would call like the summaries. Right. And they're looking at the officer's synopsis of this is what the officer is saying that happened. They're hitting the highlights of, yep, this is, this is all the bad stuff. And if we go in there with our Cliff Notes version now of, hey, just so you're aware, not saying you're not going to review the entire police report, right. but the officer got it right in these few situations, but the officer might have gotten it wrong on this page, this page, right. and this page, right. and you should be aware of that. And also, here's everything about Maria, who is, you know, a nighttime nursing student who has two kids and volunteers on the weekends. And this was a total, you know, accidental situation that happened a year ago. And look, we know you guys were so busy that you waited a year to actually charge this. And during this entire time, they did go through. They hired us a year ago and we've had great communication with them. They've, you know, assured us they're sober today. You know, they've completed all this counseling ahead of time that they knew they were going to eventually have to do. It's, it really goes so much further because now that prosecutor can basically say, wow, it's kind of like this defense attorney was also on my side. And they, they can now check a few more boxes saying they really double checked the police report. One, they checked it and two, a defense attorney yeah. checked it and we, we helped yeah. them do their work. Isn't it fun? I mean, it sounds like you're describing something amazing. Isn't it fun when you are collaborating with a prosecutor to better serve your client? Mm-hmm. Like that moment in time, there's, there's some sort of gear shift wherein we're both working hip to hip for a minute. And, and you may be fighting like, like a dragon with this person the next day over something else, uh-huh. but that moment you're working on somebody's future together. And that shows preparation on your end. And that's what, again, why your name popped out to me. It's like you're willing to prepare and to work and to prepare your client mm-hmm. all the way throughout to present the best them um, yeah. in, in, to that prosecutor first and then ultimately to a judge. It, 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 I'm assuming your experience, I don't know this though, but judges have a hard time or don't want to put somebody behind the wall or in jail uh, for a prolonged period of time mm-hmm. that's working their butt off. Yeah. They don't really want to do that. They don't, they don't want to hit, have that gavel drop on that result. They don't, they don't really like that. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some things judges hate, like uh, you didn't, you're not, you're not, you've got very limited probation pro, um, uh, things to do. And you're screwing those up. Okay, mm-hmm. they don't like that. Yep. Um, so we need a, a do-over from time to time in those scenarios. But they don't really want to throw the book, even that heavy big book with all those rules in it, that they don't know all those rules either. Mm-hmm. 
they don't want to throw that book at somebody that's trying hard. Yeah. And, and in the beginning, kind of what you mentioned, and this is, this is the foundation of, of a lot of our criminal justice, is we're in an adversarial criminal justice system. So this means literally it's a fight. Right. It's it's an it's an MMA UFC yep. fight and the judge is the ref and you know we're on one side of one corner and the prosecutors in the other corner. That's that's the foundation, the principle of criminal defense and prosecutorial prosecution in the justice system. And we're changing that at right. our firm. We're saying, look, there's not it's not necessary to fight every single battle in the ring. Right. You know, let's take a step out. Let's show them that actually, you know, this is the truth. This is the reality. This is what actually happened. And let's get them, you know, to change their perspective as opposed to, you know, definitely some defense lawyers will go in. Nope, I'm going in the ring first every time. And they right. want that fight. And that is 100% allowed to be your strategy. Why do you think they do that? Well, I... Get, I take the gloves off. <laughs> no pun intended. Why do you think they do that? I, I think... Part of the problem is people who have been doing this for a long time have, they build biases. They build, and, and every single person has biases, no matter who you are, prosecutor, judge, defense attorney, defendant, you know, police officer, you have inherent biases. And similar to any job, you build up, um, you know, a few different things. Some of them are good habits. Some of them are bad habits. Right. And especially the longer and the longer you have a job, you start learning, you know, the shortcuts. You start learning the easier ways to get around some things. And some, you know, whether it's defense attorneys, whether it's prosecutors, whether, you know, it's a judge, they've been doing it for so long. They're like, no, 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 let's skip all the pillow talk. Let's just get to the fight. They want to get into it because they know that's the quickest way to solve a case, mm. to be like, all right, it's done and over with, and we lost the fight or we won the fight, whatever it is. And... You know, as, as a defense lawyer, you have to be really good at losing because it's not that often you win these fights. Um, Can you say that one more time? You got to yeah. get really good at losing because the cards are stacked against you. 100%. And so let me proffer this idea because I do like your point of view on that a lot. Okay. So let's just cut to the chase mm -hmm. and let's get to the fight. Okay, you guys are full of crap. Okay. Yeah. But I've got a case to... to, to explode out there and and so okay i get that that's putting humanity it's a really really positive way of looking at it i have a negative way of looking at it i like your way i'm gonna kind of mill that around a little bit i think it's complete bs and they're pounding their chest and they want to make an impression on their client like they're fighters, they're gladiators, they're saving the day, damsels in distress, male and females alike, and they're coming in and swooping them and putting them on their back, even though they're going to the very depths of hell because 95% of these things are going to lose. They're going to crash, burn, and blow up, and you don't have their best interest in mind. You just want them to think you do so that they tell all their friends. And that's what I think. Yeah, so very ego-driven. Because lawyers can be, and oftentimes are, jackwagons, let's call mm -hmm. it. And I like the way you look at it, because you look at it more from a pure standpoint that these guys really do want what's good, or these, the, these attorneys, mm -hmm. you know, guys, girls alike, these attorneys want 
what's good for their client, but they're just trying to skip the, the flatteries, the attaboys, and all that crap. The procedural, mm-hmm. the procedural brain damage, let's call it, and they're trying to skip that. I okay, that's interesting. I looked at them as a holes that just wanted to pound their chest. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that, and this is changing. It's probably a little bold, I guess. It it probably is. but And we change this, you know, looking at the prosecutor, especially for us. You know, we're we're on our defense side, and sometimes it's hard to judge us from the inside. But but it's easier to judge people, you know, looking at them. And so we work with a ton of prosecutors. And prosecutors, all different ages, different, you know, sexes, different backgrounds, different histories. And one of the things that we see most commonly is that, of course, they're dealing with hundreds and hundreds of cases. And so they grow numb. They, they. Jaded even. Exactly. You know, you, you watch five, you know, carjackings come across your desk and the sixth person, you're just over it. You're like, I'm sick of these. This person's getting the hammer. They're going to go, go down. And that person had no idea there was five people before them. And so. You know, and that's that's kind of where even speaking to judges sometimes, yeah, I mean, judges really don't, you know, wake up in the morning like, oh, I can't wait to, you know, really, you know, fill up our jails, you know, right, right now. Right. Uh, they, they're looking for any real possibility to get somebody back out on probation, whatever it is. But at the same time, there are judges who are like, look, before, you know, 1030 a.m., I've sentenced, you know, five different people to five plus years of prison. And now the next person that's coming to me asking for one year, I'm going to be like, no, look, I'm, I'm on a five-year trend today. Like, right. you know, and, and it's just they become numb because yeah. it's there are definitely some situations where these judges are dealing with really tough outcomes right. and, and they have to kind of, you know, set themselves aside and prosecutors alike. And, you know, they, they can get really numb to this and not lose sleep over, look, this person's going to do a lot of prison. You're 100% right. We've got to like that, break that, that, that down. Even that number, even the time in prison, they're numb to. Yeah. That's that's a very good point that you have. They're I mean, numb. I, 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 so you're trying to slap them alive. Yeah, and say, look, this, Give them this something jail's not on, the answer. Right, right? <laughs> bite-sized chews <laughs> to where they can chew on something that actually gets them to look at mm-hmm. the human side of things because all of them have it. Absolutely. You just got to find that way to it. That's yeah, what, that's basically what you're saying. You got to your 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 angle is to find your way to that human side of the prosecutor, that human side of the judge. It, it, both of them come into play at some point. Mm-hmm. And and how we do that is is we we're fairly transparent and and again we don't hide the ball. We. We, we tell them, hey, look, we're not trying to pull the wool over your eyes here. At and, some point, and you don't even have to say that. It, oh, of course. They, of they course. don't even. They know you're not full of crap yeah. at some point. Because you, you build a good reputation right. and, and you you're there with them enough. Court. Right. You're at each court enough. You're in front of each, You've got all these folks that you're in front of all the time. Mm-hmm. At some point, they know Zach's not throwing me BS. Well, they see future first criminal law and they're right. like, oh, we know what this firm does. Yeah. They truly somehow find all these clients who have these really great stories right. and situations in their life. And this was a five minute mistake. I, and think, I think it goes further than that, Zach. I really do. I mean, so future first goes in front of them and they see what, in my opinion, what they're seeing is that place knows how to help their people. Mm-hmm. That place knows how to help their people. That's the, that's the, that's the yeah. interesting point. It's just, subconsciously goes through their mind as they have all these stacks of and all this numbness and all this ugly going on 
they see that and they go, they know how to, I, I wonder what, I wonder what I'm going to see today with future first. Mm-hmm. I wonder what I'm going to see today with this future first firm. I wonder what I'm going to see today. This is going to be, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. That's new. I like that. I like that. It's, it's, we put new twists on it every time so that way it doesn't just look like we're, you know, submitting the same thing, but just changing the person's well, name. You know, I, we, look, I found you're, you're right about that. And, and I found that, that we go with the, the, the hand we're dealt, right? Mm-hmm. So if the police report is ripe with a bunch of law that the officer tripped on mm-hmm. every which way, but Sunday, um, yeah, we're going to probably, um, be open up a can of whoop eye on that one. Um, but when you don't have that awesome scenario, what, what you, and most law enforcement, you give them a call and you say, Hey, uh, dude, um, uh, I'm reading this report <laughs> here. Check this. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and it, I, I mean, we've had those things like yanked uh-huh. Uh-huh. and all of a sudden no, no more charges. I mean, that, that has happened. And, yeah. and, and so, okay. It doesn't happen all the time. Very, very, very rarely. They're fun when and, it does. And it's rare you can even get a case that early as right. well. You know, one, for the client to find you early enough yeah. while there's just an open investigation. And two, you know, to catch it before it's even been submitted to a prosecutor. Right. Then their hands are completely now off Now they're it. tied. Now they're, yeah. they're like, ah. I mean, a lot of things have to, a lot of things have to align. Yeah. Yeah. One of our earliest cases that, that I ever represented someone on, I mean, this must have been within the first 10 cases I ever did. Oh, wow. Okay. And, uh, this guy came to me because, you know, of course I was probably charging much lower than I should have in my, in my younger years. And he had these major felonies and he had a track record. He had, you know, not, not the best history. Um, a good amount of time had passed, so I saw that going for him, and it, it was this drug case, and they supposedly found all these drugs in his back shed, and so undercover, you know, informant. Why are they always in the shed? I don't, don't know. Don't they believe in air conditioning their drugs? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and so they raid the house, right? And so when you do a raid, um, basically they go in, SWAT clears the house, gets everyone out, yeah. and then, you know, the head detective goes in and puts a sign-in sheet. To every single door, you know, in, in the in the bedrooms, and of course, there's a sign-in sheet on the shed. And we found, you know, stacks of, of reports, you know, taller than this book here, going through of all the dozens of officers that were involved. And one of the things, this guy, my guy's telling me, he's like, Zach, I did not have any drugs in there. And I'm like, yeah, okay, you know, right, sure. sure. You know, right. how did they magically just find a pound of these drugs in there? You know, right. like that's just weird. But I, I took it an extra step. And this is one of those situations where, yeah, you kind of do fight a little bit. You're not just yeah. rolling over or anything like that. And I quickly realized the officers who signed in their name and badge number and the time that they entered and the time they left, two of them were fake. They weren't real. Interesting. They just 100% were not real names just, of real officers or real badge numbers. Ooh, what'd you do with this case? And so I went to the prosecutor and I said, hey, look. You know, guess what? You know, I'm coming here and and we could really rock your world and go to trial and embarrass you after, you know, two weeks of this major investigation to find, you know, this pound of drugs and you just got this all off the street. Just so happened to have two. My guy's sitting here in my ear telling me that this didn't happen. This wasn't real. It wasn't his. 
And it just so happens that the two officers who found all the drugs don't exist. Right. Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, it, you know, it was generic. It right. was, you know, Officer Smith, you know, badge one, two, three, four. And right. I was like, look, if you can go and find these officers for I'd me. I'd love to interview them. I'll, you know, I'll back off a little yeah. bit, but I'd want, you know. But you gave them a chance. I you gave drew them the a chance. Uh-huh. You drew the sting to where they could maintain composure and mm -hmm. some semblance of, okay, they can bow out graceful. Yeah. You gave them the option. The, the door is unlocked right there. Uh-huh. And before this, they they were not backing off less than half a dozen years of prison. Oh, okay. They were like, nope. They're you, playing hardball. You are not getting a better deal than this guy's going for six plus years. They're playing hardball. And after they went back and investigated that, they were like, let's let's do probation. And I was like, let me go talk to my client, see if probation something he's interested in. And and you know, he he knew. You know the reality, and this this is the hard part as well yeah, of of the book. Yeah. Is there's literally a sentencing sheet here in Arizona that says if you roll the dice, you go to trial and don't win, and you don't win, that six years of prison all of a sudden would have been really good because you're now stuck there for 15 years yeah. versus probation. And this is this is the hard part of what we deal with right. in, in a lot of situations is like, you know, we got you a really good deal and an outcome which is considerably better than a trial if you lose. And that's right. why so many people take Which pleading. still isn't justice. It's not. But we'll swallow it with you because we know it's not justice. But gum, you don't want to roll those dice and, and even risk the six years or 10 or 15. It, the, that sentencing chart is real. Yeah. And, and a lot Judge's of people... Judges' hands are tied. A lot of people go to trial and lose even though they likely shouldn't. And a lot of people go to trial and win when they shouldn't too. Lest we forget. <laughs> Lest we forget. It's there. It, it has been there and it will happen again. And so um, I like that you utilize, you work with the system, not against it. Mm -hmm. And I like that you present your client as they present to you who mm -hmm. they are that mm -hmm. that makes it a little bit easier because each one of them you said earlier that you put a little bit of a different spin well yeah because you represent a different individual mm -hmm. that is going to this aa and has this particular sponsor or is going to this particular has this particular job and really just made a mistake or blah 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 blah, blah. i mean each individual as we find them we're encouraging them from the get-go it sounds like this is what future first law firm does yeah. is encourage your clients to absolutely better themselves. Learn from this. Even if they're completely innocent, learn from this mm -hmm. situation because, okay, let's, let's just throw it out there. There can be from time to time, somebody that's completely utterly innocent other than they have made some pretty poor decisions on whom they hang out with. Yep who they spend their time with, and yeah, they find themselves wrongfully accused of something their friends are, I think this is a term of art, dumbassedly doing. Yeah. And Guilty get, by association. We used to get hammered for stuff our friends did all the time. I yeah. mean, it, this is part of our punishment growing up. I mean, it, Mom, I didn't do it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Ignorance is not a defense. Right. And and if you're living in a house where they're selling drugs out of it every day and you're like, no, look, I just stayed in my bedroom all day. I never once saw a drug transaction. Right. 
it's it's a real tough thing to say no what do you mean you lived here for three years while you know detectives were watching the house and stinging right. it for three months yeah. and they watched you come and go with all these same people you, know? you said hi to them <laughs> 47 different times <laughs> you may not have been carrying any of the backpacks right. but yeah. now you're sitting here going you had no idea you weren't participating you were just an yeah. innocent bystander it sounds like that, you've heard this before. yeah that's hard i mean what one of the things that I, I i believe and this this is a polarizing thought here that that i somehow somebody must have told this to me i don't think i came up with this but you know it's it's all about part of why we do what we do when it comes to the prosecutor and the judge and the police and stuff is we as defense lawyers, in my opinion, should not have a job. We are not written in the constitution. We are not, you know, meant to truly be here because the way the system is supposed to work is they write the laws. Everybody's educated about all the laws magically, right. which is impossible. Right. And then, you know, you go out into society and you don't break the laws, but if the police show up and they find out that you did break the law, the police, if they were 100% perfect, would never do anything that's unconstitutional. They would never violate your rights in any way. But guess what? Even if they did, that's why there's a prosecutor. The prosecutor is supposed to identify when the police do something wrong and get rid of those cases. Right. And let's just say the prosecutor misses it. Well, that's why there's a judge right. because the judge is the last line of defense to and that is say the this is that it. is that the way it's drawn up. Isn't this it? is this is the way the system is built. But this goes back to one of the original things I said: is every part of the system involves humans. Right. So then they said, wait a second, innocent people are still going through all these checks and balances and still being found guilty when they're innocent. So we've got to bring in defense attorneys. These people need representation because they need somebody to advocate for them. They need yeah. someone to double check what's going on because guess what? The police could be wrong. And even if the prosecutor doesn't catch it, the defense attorney can help bring that to light that right. they didn't catch something. And then even if we get to the judge's level, again, these judges are human beings. The judges didn't memorize this whole book. The right. judges can wake up on the wrong side of the bed. The right. judges can be tired. They're, they're not machines. And then we can go and illustrate to them that, hey, this is not one of these situations that you're used to encountering. Have you ever, have you ever, I like that you just brought this up in this way. Um, have you ever, let's say, slipped out the back door with your client, got a continuance on a day where you were prepared to see it all the way through, but just read the room a little bit? Uh, <laughs> everybody seems to be drinking some sour yeah if it's a full sour, moon and right? it's a friday the 13th yeah. and uh you know the judge never looks up from the bench and keeps banging the gavel and is yelling at everyone yeah that's for sure one of those hey we're yeah. gonna we're gonna, gonna whisper back. to your we're clients gonna here we're, we're gonna go ahead and come back in a video are you gonna be available in 15 <laughs> you know, i'm days? sorry you gotta take another day yeah. off work but uh yeah, today's it, not the I day i promise it's worth it <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, you can read the room like that. It doesn't hopefully happen too often. Every um, once in a while, yeah. I could I could see it happening. I mean, there are other times where it's it's the exact opposite. We're like, right. oh my god, the judge and the prosecutor, everyone's like on the right. You know, they're in sync. They love it. They're they, feeling like, some juju it, going it's, on. It's usually right after, in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. I think they all go and associate with their family. Then they realize, oh my god, like my family is breaking all these laws that I prosecute people for. Yeah. 
And then we go in between that time period, all of a sudden they're like, hey, let's give you this really good deal. And we're like, yes, yes, yes. We are not leaving today till, yeah. until this is done. Nice. You know, so that's that's yeah. the other side of like, yeah. we will make sure we bring everyone in on those good days. All right. Well, <laughs> on behalf of the Arizona firm, we really like, we really like the Future First firm. We love the way you're putting people's futures and the way you're dealing with the practice of law as to, okay, your tomorrows matter. Absolutely. Your tomorrows matter. Let's make the most today. Let's work hard today because those tomorrows matter. And you caught my eye. I think you should be catching a lot, a lot of folks' eyes out there. I love the way that you're going about it. And if there's anything else you want to share with the, with the audience, go right ahead. But I'm, I'm pretty much done. I just love the fact that you're looking at tomorrow's. <laughs> no, that's, that's what we do. I appreciate you having me on here. I appreciate you, uh, you know, helping all of us have exposure. In my opinion, there's no such thing as, as competition between defense attorneys. There are tons and tons of clients out there. There are tons of people who need our help. Yeah. And, and this is the hard part about our services is there's no try it before you buy it. You, right. you can't be like, oh, let me hire this law firm real quick for like a week or two, see if I like them. And then, you know, now I'll go to another. Right. It's, it's a really, you know, difficult thing to do. Right. And we all claim to be good at what we do. So it's all, it's like a huge struggle, you know, and I've been a defendant before, especially with my DUI is right. like, you just type onto Google, like, hi, I'm looking for a good criminal lawyer. And, right. you know, 20 plus names are going to pop up. You and don't, you're just you picking one out of the hat. And you don't going. know exactly. You can't try before you buy. And right. that's why, you know, meetings like this are so valuable. That's why, to me, marketing is so valuable. It's yeah. such a good service to all our future clients out there because they can say, you know, maybe Zach's firm's not for me, right? Yeah. And, and we have tons of people that we tell them, we say, hey, look, you you might not be our ideal client. We don't think we can give you the full services of our firm, right. especially if you're not that interested. You right. just you just want the case to magically go away. That's, sorry, that's not the way it works. You got to do some work here. Yeah. Um, but here's another good firm that does do that. And they're, right. you know, they're not going to ask you a single question about your background and they're going to go and they're going to fight for you the best they can. Right. Like, so that's, that's why this is so valuable because different firms have different fortes and clients need different things. And people don't understand. I like that you're saying that because people don't understand. I mean, they want excellent representation and they don't necessarily know what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. Number one. And number two, which I get that, but number two, they the folks out there that need legal representation. How many times have you had somebody that has or wants to fire whomever is representing them? And they come in and they show you a bunch of whatever, right? Mm -hmm. A bunch of documents and a plea agreement that was offered, extended, and so on. And you look at this and and you're looking at it going, well, it's, it's not bad. This is not bad work. Yeah. This is not bad work. And you tell them that. This is not bad work. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. But what can you do better? Right. You know, can you get me better? And and there's nothing wrong with getting a second and, opinion. And, and I respect that. Mm -hmm. Right. But we, at least this is the policy at Future First, we refuse to take a case from another attorney unless they have completely, um, I forget the word we exactly use, but in, class, in case they completely can't work together. Right. If they just have a disagreement about the outcome or what you know their strategy is, we say, no, you've built up such a good connection with that right. lawyer 
That's who you need to stay right. with because we can't guarantee you a different outcome. So it's kind of why I was bringing yeah. that up. I'm sitting here looking at it going, uh, or we, you know, much like Future First, the Arizona firm is sitting here looking at this going, um, that's pretty bloody good. So we'll do a courtesy call to the attorney saying, look, I got your client in here. Don't, don't get ticked off here because they're seeking a second opinion. It's mm -hmm. all good. 99.9% .9 of all defense attorneys are like, cool, all right. Hey, pick up the phone and give them a call every once in a blue moon. I'm giving you some glowing remarks here, but just yeah. give them some communication. I think all of these little woes would go away. Um, I've, we, we've probably made those types of calls quite frequently enough mm -hmm. because we don't really want to just take somebody's money when all the work has been done, that just doesn't feel right. That's well, just not what it, we're it goes about. back to that macho lawyer, you know, thing that you were talking about is sometimes when that happens, it's deceitful for the attorney to be like, oh, wow, yeah, I can totally beat what your past lawyer is doing. You know, they're not doing anything. And then they, they sign, you know, a big, you know, retainer. And then they go to court the next day. And they're like, oh, sorry, that's as good as it got. Right. Like, you know, it's like, wait a second. They're really just, good at backpedaling. You, you just like told me, you know, right. three weeks ago, you could do so much better, I you know. And, and, and again, that's part of what we don't want. Right. We don't want to ever and seem the, deceitful. And, and the funny yeah. thing about that, Zach, is that happens all the bloody yeah. time. All the time. I mean, to a degree, you don't know what you're going to get. Right. But it's, it's right. we, we We're try to keep our hands Lady clean. Justice is blindfolded <laughs> for the love of peace. Yeah. Man, it was awesome meeting you. I Absolutely. can't wait to do this again with you. I like it. Of course. Of All course. right. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for following and watching today. Uh, this is Zach from Future First. Dana, appreciate it. Dana at the Arizona Firm. And uh, Zach, you've been awesome. Thank you.